I am Eva O, and this is the Teaking Podcast. I have been a dominatrix since 2011, and I would like to spill the tea on my life. Thank you for listening. I am not often a happy unicorn. So if you don't know, a unicorn in the relationship sense is usually when a couple invites a third. <laughs> now, that does happen in my work quite a fair bit, and I don't necessarily have a preference for it in my personal life, but it does also happen. Usually when I'm not realizing. <laughs> we'll get to that. But one story that comes to mind in particular when it comes to these unicorn dynamics is with this client who used to come by every Monday to the dungeon. And he used to love to get dressed up in PVC and get me dressed up in PVC and have things put inside of his, I'm not sure if I'm going to have to censor this, ass. <laughs> particularly a fist. So I've written about this story before, so I have a I have a an alias name for this one. We'll call him Fisting Bob. That's not his name. But I was ready with that one. <laughs> um so Fisting Bob coming in every Monday, every Monday, absolutely found his favorite new person, me. And lovely, reliable client, very easy, uh, very straightforward in his desires, and very clear, good communicator. But what happened when the dungeon closed? Mm, poor Fisting Bob. <laughs> Had to think of alternatives. Couldn't come by every Monday anymore. I didn't have a place where he could come by every Monday. Uh, definitely not a suitable one. And it needed a sling for Fisting Bob to be slung from. And what ended up happening was that we would meet every now and then at a hotel. And I had all sorts of contraptions in order for a sling-like experience to happen. This went on for quite some time, actually, maybe even about a year. We would meet occasionally at hotels when I was in town because I was traveling quite a lot to try to make up the income. And Fisting Bob <laughs> would book for many, many hours at a time and always bring a new PVC outfit, sometimes a latex one. And <laughs> we would, uh, you know, just the usual. Just the usual fisting, mostly, and very, very, very long dildos sometimes. But I have to say that I don't love strap-on play very much. Uh, I feel like there's less to clear up when it's fisting for some reason. I guess because you're wearing like all of these gloves and you just kind of throw the gloves, gloves in the trash. But fisting Bob... After maybe about a year of meeting up in hotels after the dungeon closed, he and I embarked on a new stage. There was a shift. I started getting letters from his wife. <laughs> Fisting Bob would bring me letters from her in her own writing, 
for me to read at the beginning of each session, and it would detail these things that she wanted me to do to him. <laughs> and I thought, sure, why not? <laughs> Let's go with it. And I did that maybe once, maybe twice. And then Fisting Bob said that the wife said it was time for all of us to meet. I thought, okay, sure. You've been around a long time. This this should be fine. <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs> so, I mean, now that I think back to the story, I think, what were you doing? Like, come on, this was not smart. But thankfully, everything turned out safe. <laughs> But Fisting Bob said, all right, so here's the address. It's our country house. It's about an hour away from Sydney. And can you come at this time, this day? I said, okay, sure. And I didn't have a car. I got one of those car sharing things. And I hired it. It was this tiny little, like, little blue hatchback thing. Bright blue. I still remember because I wouldn't I'll choose that color myself. <laughs> and I drive this little car and it's getting darker and it's getting darker. And the GPS is like very patchy and there's no street lights. And I get out to this. I don't even remember where this is anymore, but it was far. And I get to this address and like GPS kicks back in at the last moment, thankfully. I don't think I had any phone reception. My goodness, what was I doing? But uh, I get there and there's this huge metal gate and there's a little buzzer. And I press the little buzzer and this woman's voice comes on comes on the speaker. And I said, um, it's, it's Eva. And she says, yes, of course, Mistress Eva. And then the gate opens. <laughs> Heavy. Full sheet of metal. It's like, okay, all right. So I drive my tiny little blue car through this. Sun's totally gone. Absolutely no street lamps. And I drive up this super long driveway. I mean, I always knew that Fisting Bob had money, but this is pretty nice. And we get to the top of the driveway and this woman, this woman, glasses, hair back, really like buxomly swathed in this ball gown made of PVC. I was like, okay, that was a nice, that's a nice welcome. <laughs> Get out of my tiny blue car. I meet uh, Mrs. Uh, Fisting Bob <laughs> and um, walk into their home. I don't know if I even told anybody where I was going, but that's a tip. Definitely always tell somebody. Now you have tracking. Be careful with that though. And I see our dear Fisting Bob in an incredibly fluorescent room, bedroom at the front of the house. It's obviously like a guest room. Uh, splayed out on the bed, also in PVC, but very exposed. Fine, seen it a million times. And Mrs. FB says, I'm just going to sit in a corner. Please, why don't you play? I thought, okay, I've done this a million times. Let me just play. And so I go about my way. I have all of my gloves. You know, I love my gloves. And I put on the first, this little bit of like a latex glove. And then this little bit of like the surgical sort of glove. It's like the like plastic goes very high. Don't know if you surgeons out there know about it. But um, 
And then I put another like close fitting latex glove over the top so I have a little bit more dexterity. And then I go for it. And as I do it, I just go about my usual way of being. My usual way of being, I very quickly realize, is not the assumed way of being. So when I play, I can sometimes be quite intimate in a way. I'm not talking about like me in a sexual sense, but me just very like happy to be close to somebody sense, you know, and like, and he and I had played so many times that I was very, very comfortable being near his body, I guess, and, and engaging with him in, in an eye gazing sort of way, perhaps we were, it was very easy relationship. I quite enjoyed our interactions also because Fisting Bob had great boundaries, but, um, <laughs> so this happens and partway through Mrs. FB gets up and leaves the room. And I think, okay, that wasn't part of the negotiation here. Well, what just happened? I think something went wrong. And so I take out my gloves <laughs> and I put them in the nearest bin. I disinfect my hands and I say to him, do we need to do something about this? And he says, yeah, I think, I think I'm going to go out and uh, just stay here. So I stay there in the house in the middle of nowhere on my own. <laughs> and Fisting Bob goes out and talks to his wife. Doesn't sound very good. And he comes back in and he says, mm, I'll pay you for, for all the time, but I think it's probably better if you leave. And so I like kind of go a little bit further to the back of the house. I change out of my stuff and I walk out past the lady in the large PVC ball, ball gown and she's smoking away. And I say, thank you for having me. I hope that you have a nice evening. As as quietly as possible, I drift away in my electric blue car. <laughs> Back down the very, very dark road that have for some reason feels more lit now. And so I can see there's like two little cliff sides on either side of the road. But anyway, anyway. Obviously, I'm safe, but that's not the kicker. You know what the kicker is? The next day, I get a 30-part message. It was 30-part because I, you know, I had a burner phone back then. So you know, very, very cautious. Don't want people to track that phone. It was like SMS only. So obviously, a smartphone message translated to SMS a short messaging service for those who were not born in that era. <laughs> it comes in 30 parts. <laughs> on and on, cling, beep, 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 reading through one of 30 or whatever, you know. And essentially what Mrs. FB says is that I think that you, me, you can have him. I can have, I can have Fisting Bob. <laughs> So that was never the point. If anything, Fisting Bob has had great boundaries. Doesn't call me like outside of whatever hours. Like it is just the booking during the booking. There's no pining. There's no like love. There's no like none of that. And so he was a great client. And to feel that experience from the, I thought, okay, you know what? I'm not experienced enough to deal with this. Uh, I'm just going to let it be. And said, okay, I'm sorry that you feel this way. Uh, I'm just going to keep a distance. I was never interested in that. 
and I hope that your experiences going forward go well. Something like this. That's a lot of that's a lot of punching onto that kind of a phone, but I managed to say it. <laughs> and a week later, I get an email from we're just going to drop the fisting now from Bob, and he tells me about <laughs> that we can meet, but it has to be very secretive. And we can only do it via this new email address. And I don't answer. <laughs> so I don't know. I think that scarred me. I think up till that point, I'd been really like, oh, yeah, sure. That sounds interesting. Let's just try that. And especially around multiple people dynamics. But after that, I've been very, very careful. And I've almost said no couples a few times. But could I be more open to it these days? <sighs> Way to hang on to an experience. I think visiting Bob and Mrs. was, well, what, in like 2013, 2014? <laughs> Maybe I should try to move past that a little bit in my professional life. <laughs> Or maybe it was a good lesson. I don't know. What do you think? But I then said on my website, no couples. <laughs> no couples. Up to that point, I did have one nice experience, actually, with a couple who became friends. And I think they did try to date me for a while there. And we went to a few sex clubs together a couple of times. They were really lovely. But I'm not sure why that sort of fizzled out. I don't know. I guess it was a natural progression, but we actually ended up being friends for quite a few years. I wonder where they are now. But I've had experiences since Fisting Bob, but they've only been personal when it comes to group dynamics. Group dynamics I'm much more happy with, you know, like four, five, ten, a thousand <laughs> people at sex parties. But... Couples only, mm, I've clearly avoided it. I've clearly avoided it. The latest sweet experience that I can think of was, so I was in Germany, right? I think I was in Berlin. Must have been July last year, I think. And I go to Bergheim as you do, you know, that very well-known club. And... I get to the front and usually instead of maybe 20, 35 euro, it's 65. And I said, oh, how come it's 65? I mean, I'm going to pay. I waited this long to get to this point. But they said, oh, it's New Year's. And I thought, what? It's, it's July. How is it New Year's? And she said, oh, COVID. We just delayed New Year's. As you do, if you're Bergheim, you can delay New Year's. <laughs> uh, and... Uh, then a realization hit me. I thought, I have been wanting to come to this club on New Year's for years, but I just never do because it's around Christmas. You just end up with family. But I'm here during New Year's. And why have I always wanted to come? Because they opened the gay club downstairs to everybody on New Year's. <laughs> and I have heard that there are some spaces in this gay club that I want to see. And so when she says it's New Year's, me there amongst my friends who are just over there because you have to pretend that you're going in smaller groups, even though we were like seven people. And I'm like, 
Oh my god, it's New Year's. We have to go now to the lab. <laughs> and so everybody follows me to the lab. <laughs> and I'm there with a partner of mine and these two good friends of mine who are mar married, or at least they're together for many years now, and then a couple of other friends, and we shuffle on downstairs, and I'm shuffling through, I'm shuffling through, I'm seeing these little hallways with all of these men just going for it, and these little tiny corners, lots and lots of hard surfaces, me wondering, oh, this must be very uncomfortable, but anyway, and I find the thing that I'm looking for. Can you imagine? Can you imagine what that thing might be? What is it that I seek? <laughs> I don't know. Like it's it's still pretty amazing to to me as a as a concept. Um, am I that excited? I'm still excited about it. Who am I kidding? But uh, it's this two level, two story space, and above is this grate, and below is a pit, and the people who walk into the pit are lit by this very nice, gentle, bluish, greenish light. And the people up above in the great floor section are protected by these planks of wood. And so like nobody can kind of see what's happening. You kind of just had to walk into this area and then it is what it is. But why I've been interested in this is because it is a two-floor piss pit, essentially. <laughs> where the piss goes through the grate down below and I just happen to be there with somebody who identifies as a toilet if you don't know what that means that means that they enjoy that process that process being taken out on them and that person is with my close friend they are the ones that are together and without thinking I'm like, can I to her? And she says, yes. And he walks down and I take off my shorts and I hand them to my partner and I go on the grate and I go for it and everybody's laughing and happy and we're done. And then I go back and then I take my shorts, put on the shorts and we're done. And not until the following day do I realize how effortless that was. <laughs> how effortless it was to just make use of my friend's partner in a way that everyone enjoyed and for my partner to also be just so effortlessly engaged and available. <laughs> ah, that was very sweet. So that was my kind of a sweet story. <laughs> but I guess I, even I can tell the difference, isn't it, in the tone. I do know my friends much better, clearly. It's in my personal and off time with more people who I'm friends with. It makes me think, do I enjoy it more because it was personal? No, no, that's not true. I have that kind of giddy laughter also in work. I do. It's just probably an isolated incident, fingers crossed, that happened with fisting Bob and Mrs. So maybe I should give it um, another chance. <laughs> mm. <laughs> 
the deliberation, the deliver, the deliberation. But I do enjoy group dynamics more. It feels more like a party, I guess, a little bit more, uh, less commitment to it. Maybe I'm just scared of the commitment. No. <laughs> I'm just uh, a little bit intimidated by the existing dynamics between other people in relationships when they are unset, right? When there are obviously a lot of hangups in Mrs. FB at the time. Um, <laughs> that's one thing that I've really been, oh, I mean, there's been so many things, but it's an aspect of... BDSM and working as a dom, as a dominatrix that I'm very grateful for. I wouldn't say that I'm perfect, clearly not, but I think that my ability to think about what it is that I'm looking for and communicate that and negotiate that with others and to try to bring that out of others has vastly improved. Because if you're not aware, there are some parameters that are very commonly practiced in the BDSM community around negotiation. So, hi, nice to meet you. I'm into this. What are you interested in? I identify as this. What about you? Is this okay to do? What do you think about that? What is the safe word that you would like to use? You know, this is like common practice. And that is not something that even some non-BDSM couples will ever say to each other. And nowadays, I find that shocking. But it makes sense in the case of <laughs> our dear friends, FB, Mr. and Mrs. But they were, weren't they, very dedicated to the kink? So maybe that theory is a little flawed. But were they talking? I don't know. Hard to say, right? I mean, I used to get those letters detailing what it is that she wanted me to do with him. So there was clearly some communication going on there. So maybe there's another element to it. Maybe there's another element to it. Maybe it's, I think that, at least in the case of me, negotiation and trying to come to understand my desires has been a fairly thorough process. Maybe there's different layers, different, there's a spectrum of capacity when it comes to that. But starting on it is probably better than nothing. <laughs> For sure. And there are probably... I think being honest with ourselves is probably one of the bigger things about it. Being clear with how we feel about something. Like, how would I have approached it if I was Mrs. FB and I saw that happen in front of me? I guess, would I freak out? I think because I've been in sex work for so long, I might not have. Because I've had so much practice. <laughs> <laughs> in navigating mm, what it is that others might want from something and what I might want from, from something. There's a lot of talk and negotiation that's always going on and trying to navigate others' desires around me. 
and navigating my own for them sometimes. And how would I have reacted if I was Mrs. FB? Say, in my own, if it was in my own life, I probably would have thought, why am I reacting this way? Would maybe be my first question to myself. And then I would have thought, has this been like that this whole time? He's been seeing her for all of these years. Has it been that close and that intimate and maybe even like kind of sweet? And <laughs> I would ask him if that's what it was like and wh what it is about that interaction that was so precious maybe to him. And that I felt, I would tell him that I felt a certain way about it and whether he felt those things from me because I'm feeling insecure about it. I think that's maybe what I would have said, yeah, or what I would say if I were to encounter that in me now. I would ask to be reassured, perhaps. And I would not have gotten to that thought process without all the experiences that I've been able to gather through this work. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> I've been through a lot. I've been through a lot. And it's very interesting to realize that here talking to you like this. And yeah, would I have been able to have these experiences had I not chosen to take on this job? Not in such <laughs> vast ways with so many different types of people. I think that my experiences with such a range of people who I wouldn't normally come across has been very good for me. It's been able to make me see what similarities there might be between them, which are a lot. Similarities of emotion, longing, <sighs> of deviance <laughs> across the spectrum of humanity. Yeah. It's been fun. And it has been hard work. But I, <laughs> for, for better or for worse, I have a great talent in just living now. I know that I've been through all of these things. And I know that a lot of it has been hard, but I'm able to laugh at it quite a lot. I'm like, whoa, what were you doing? <laughs> or I'm able to be grateful also that I got the chance to experience some really trying things and come out the better for it every time. Every time. I think there's also a trick to finding the good in things so that you can almost trick yourself. But I guess there's something to be said in the power of perception, right? But I feel like I believe that I am not often a happy unicorn. But I think that one experience shocked 
me, because I was quite inexperienced. And I think that I could find value from that dynamic more now with all the experience that I have. I do not expect to get to <laughs> such a therapeutic conclusion at the end of this episode, but thank you for the opportunity. <laughs> thank you for listening. Speak to you next time.